Girlfriends, episode number 275, Diving Deep into the Feminine Genius with Chloe Langer. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week I have a special guest and author of a new book specifically focused on the feminine genius, Chloe Langer. Can't wait to share this conversation with you. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? I'm glad you're here. Always glad to connect with you on a new episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being a part of the Girlfriends Podcast here today. I hope you're going to like what we have to share here. If you're a long time or sometime listener, welcome back. Always thrilled to be able to connect with you right here in the podcast. So this week, I've got a special guest, Chloe Langer, that I can't wait to share that conversation with you. She's this young woman who's just on fire, especially with regard to themes related to the feminine genius, which is St. John Paul II's teaching about the unique gifts and strengths that women have and the gift that we're meant to be to the world. So great conversation I'm going to share with you in just a few moments here. But first, I wanted to give you an update on Whisper, my new book available from Ascension. You can order your copy at ascensionpress.com. Books are now shipping, so I'm super excited for you to get a copy of Whisper in your hands. Also, some people have asked about the audio version, and we are making one. It's going to be just a few weeks before that's available. I'm actually recording it tomorrow. I'm recording this podcast a little bit ahead of time. But over the next couple of days here this week, I'm going to be going to a recording studio here in New Hampshire to record the audio version of Whisper. I'm really excited to have that version available because I know I prefer listening to books and you're listening to a podcast. So probably you prefer listening to books as well. So I'll be thrilled for you to have that option. At first, it looked like maybe we weren't going to do it. It's not the most profitable thing for publishers to do, publishing an audio version, believe it or not. It's a profitable thing for pretty much Amazon and nobody else <laughs> in my experience. But I do love for you to have that option available. And it kind of helps get the word out about the book, reach new audiences with the book. So I'm thrilled that Ascension is willing to make that investment in making that available. So I'll let you know right here as soon as it is available on Audible or you can be looking for it in your app. Also, people have asked about the Kindle version. Yes, there is a Kindle version that is available now, as well as course of the hard copy version that is now shipping. You can actually get a physical copy of the book in your hot little hands right now. Also, I wanted to remind you that there's a playlist, and this is just kind of fun. This is just kind of a nice way to connect about the themes in the book. I put together a playlist on Spotify that it, with a bunch of songs that I like to listen to that are related to some of the themes we dive into in the book. So those of you who aren't familiar with the book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, in it I share lots of different ways that God is looking to connect with us, that God is truly present to us inside of our everyday lives, in the people that we work with and love and care for, in the work that we do, in all the things we enjoy, the kind of contentment that we find in moments of quiet, but also in things that we might suffer. God is present to us inside of suffering and grief and loss and pain. So in the book, I explore each of those different themes and others and share some different prayer practices for ways that I hope to encourage you to connect with God in real ways and learn to 
tune into the voice of God. God is whispering to you, and I want to help you learn to listen in the same ways that I've been learning to listen. So really, this book is me sharing my journey of growing in that relationship with God, growing in the habit of listening for the ways that God is whispering to me in the hopes that my stories, although they won't match your details, yours are going to be your own, that they'll encourage you to look for God's presence in your stories, in your life. So if you want that playlist, it's just a nice way to kind of reflect on the themes in the book, maybe spend some quiet time in contemplation or prayer. Um, You can get it for free. Just text the word WHISPER to 33777, and they will send you that link to get the free playlist that's available on Spotify. If you've gotten the playlists, let me know what you think of it. And actually, I would love to know what songs you might add to it. I love sharing beautiful music that inspires and encourages us in our faith. And I always love hearing about the kinds of songs and the kinds of music that do that for you. And um, maybe I'll, I'll look at putting together another playlist, maybe of people who've read the book and the kinds of songs that they're looking to share. I think that would be a lot of fun to do. So you can always send that to me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media. I'd love to know what songs help you to focus on the whispers of God. Okay, now the other book that I want to focus on in this episode is Chloe Langer's new book, Letters to Women Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life. I can't wait to share this conversation with you so that you can learn more about it and get to know Chloe. She's a superstar. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I have a special guest here on Girlfriends today. Chloe Langer is joining me for, I think it's your second appearance on Girlfriends. Isn't that right, Chloe? It is. Yes. Returning guest. Yes. A returning guest uh, coming back for an encore is Chloe Langer because she's got a new book out. So those of you who don't know Chloe, she has a podcast called Letters to Women. And this book is sort of a I don't know, a baby that came out of that podcast in some way. (laughs) This new book is called Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life. So the book description on Amazon says, together with women from across the country in all seasons of life, Chloe Langer explores what it means to be a Catholic woman. Compiled together in these pages, you'll find letters from ordinary women living vibrantly faithful lives each inspired by the teachings of Pope St. John Paul II on the feminine genius. I loved reading this book, Chloe. It was such an inspiration to me. You know, I'm a JP2 fan, just like you. So thank you for writing it. And thank you for coming on Girlfriends. Oh my goodness. Thanks for having me on the show. And thanks for writing the forward to the book, which was an honor. Oh, it was an honor for me to do it. I was thrilled to have the chance to do that. And it gave me an opportunity to have a sneak preview of the content in this book. So (laughs) In your podcast, you talk to different women about their varying perspectives and their varying living out of the feminine genius, the different ways that we Catholic women do that every day. And this book is sort of like a book version of that, right? Maybe describe it a little bit for people. Yeah. So just like the podcast, I gathered conversations that I've had with 30 different women about different topics about the feminine genius. So this is my prayer was, is that there's something in there for every woman, regardless of the season you're in or the situation you're in. There's some universal experiences that we have as Catholic women that I knew women in my life could speak into really beautifully. Mm -hmm. So each letter is a letter like dear sister and a letter from a woman, from a different woman in a different season of life. And then it ends with a prayer and questions for reflection and questions 
questions for discussion. So I've found that the feminine genius is something that I really grow in when I'm in conversation with other women about it, which is how Mm -hmm. the podcast came about. And so the prayer is that women can crack this book open with their small group or maybe their daughter or their sister and really dive into this idea of the feminine genius with them. I love that. Yeah. And you know what? Women love that. (laughs) That's a really actually marketing genius idea, (laughs) a feminine genius marketing idea, putting in those questions because that's what, that's what we want. We want to be able to share about these topics. So how did you go about figuring out who you wanted to include in this book? So it's each one is written by a different woman from a different perspective. So what, what was your plan going into it? How to gather these women together? So I kind of started by a list of topics that I knew that I wanted people to speak into. So maybe like different seasons and stages of life. So whether that is discernment or dating or discerning religious life, being married, married with little kids, married with kids and out of the house, all these things that I know women go through in their their life. And then praying through that list and thinking of women who I know really I've seen and witnessed them exemplify what it means to to live out the feminine genius in those seasons, which was really beautiful. So some of the women are women from my daily life. Like my best friends have written in this book. My sister writes a letter in this book, which is really beautiful. And then other women who I've met on the podcast or women who I've just connected with through Catholic social media, who I've always wanted to dive into this topic with them. Um, And this was a really beautiful chance to get to know them better. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great, that's a great thing that comes across in this book. This is part of what I loved about the book. And what I love about your podcast too, is this is like the theme that I have been underscoring throughout all the time that I've been writing or sharing online in any way. Like there is no one right way to do it. And this is the perfect way to show people that without having to say it. This book spells it out with these beautiful examples of all the different ways that women are living out these beautiful, faithful lives. And you can't help but come away inspired to think, in what unique way is God calling me to be a holy woman? And, you know, so all of these stories, their details might have nothing to do with your life, right? You might read about a woman discerning becoming a religious sister or um, a single woman in college or a, a woman who's been married many years and has multiple children. And, you know, their particular circumstances might not be yours, but we all have these things in common. And that's what I love about the work that you do, Chloe, is that you share these ideas in a way that, you know, really can be speaking to you in your unique circumstances. So maybe just highlight for us some of some of the authors that are included here and some of the different perspectives. Are are there some that really stand out to you? Um, The one that I'm thinking of right now as I'm hearing my 18-month-old daughter, baby Maeve, peep and be on a nap strike is <laughs> Katie Warner wrote this beautiful letter called a letter to the woman whose kids are crying at church. And she talks about <laughs> what it's like to go to church and have little people who are just not, not having a good day mm-hmm. and how beautiful it is to in that season, enter into prayer in a different way and enter into relationship with the Lord in a different way. That one's really beautiful. Right. Um, my friend Jenny Punswick wrote a letter to the woman who is intimidated by the idea of hospitality. So she goes through these ideas that your house is, no, your house is too messy. No, or it's not too messy. Or I feel like my house is too small to host people. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. And really drives home this idea that people are there to see you. They're not there to see your house. Yeah. Um, and really equipping women. And so I, that one is a joy because I, I hang out at Jenny's house on the regular and she lives this <laughs> out beautifully. And so that one was really beautiful. Um, and then my friend, Mary Kadivi wrote a beautiful, beautiful letter about reconsidering our body image and how a lot mm-hmm. of times we're told as women, you know, you have to go from having a really rough relationship with your body, maybe having these different ideas of what your body looks like in comparison to the 
ideal quote unquote body mm-hmm. that were shown in as women. And so a lot of times we're told, you know, just jump to the fact that like your body's good, your body's beautiful, your body's wonderful, which it is, but that's a big jump if you're coming from having a really hard time yeah. with your body image. And so she really puts forth this idea of what if, it, what if we got to neutral ground? What if it was just recognizing that, you know, the way we talk about diets and the way we talk about the way we clothe ourselves and the way we talk about exercise really impacts the way that we see our body as a whole. And so that one is absolutely beautiful. And that's an honor to see her, right? Because I've seen her do go through that journey since I've known her since high school. And so, wow. yeah, it's just been absolutely beautiful. There's not a bad one in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's really beautiful. I love that. And I, I love that it's kind of sort of lays out this tapestry of the different experiences of Catholic women, similar to the way that your, your podcast does. But why do you think this is an important thing to do right now. Why why is this book important for us in the world today? Yeah. I think a lot of times when, especially as Catholic women, we have this experience of thinking that there's just the one right way, the one right way. And it looks like this. And I, I think oftentimes that's a mold that we have in our mind or a pedestal that we have that we feel like we have to put ourselves up onto as Catholic women that looks like you know, it looks like this from nine to five and in this ideal woman, she wears this and she does this and she thinks this way. And this is her sense of humor and, and this is her personality. And there's this underlying idea that a, I don't fit. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't have those qualities or characteristics, so I must not make the cut. Right. Um, and then B this temptation to compare and compete with other women in our lives, because we see the ways that they may be living up to that in ways that we aren't. And right. so instead of being able to live in this culture of friendship, like authentic friendship with other women and a culture of celebration where we see others' gifts and see them as good and beloved daughters of God, we're we're stuck in this idea of like trying to go for something that isn't what the Lord's asking us to be because he's asking us to be ideal versions of ourselves, not this ideal right. version of a woman who doesn't exist. Um, mm-hmm. And we miss out on a friendship with other women. So I think this really we need this so much now, especially in an age with social media and especially in, in, you know, after a year where we really have noticed the beauty and good of authentic community. Mm -hmm. I think this is always a good reminder to remember that, yeah, it looks different in everyone's life. Um, Another woman's gifts doesn't mean that you don't have gifts and that it's, yeah, it's an invitation into freedom. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to make that our, that we really actually we need this a lot in in our world today. We need community. And this is one of the things that kind of, in my experience, gets in the way. It challenges our our sense of community, the the ways in which we can be divided as women. And and those very things you're talking about, the comparison, the, the competition, the idealizing that we do in our own heads. In in what ways do you see that social media is part of that equation? Because I know you're active on social media and that could be a powerful force for the good. But how do you see it as uniquely challenging for for women today? Yeah, I think one of the main things is that we have this false sense of intimacy with our friends on social media that we think that, oh, you know, I know what her coffee order is and I know what her morning walk looks like and I know what day she does the laundry. Um, So that must mean that I'm like really, really good friends with her. And there is real beauty in being friends with someone in the digital world. Mm -hmm. But we have to remember too that what we see but what we see isn't reality. Like Instagram reels don't always reveal reality. A lot of right. times they don't, they do the opposite. And so I think what the unique struggle with this is, is that we, we can be really connected, right? We can have all of these friends that we interact with on social media, but at the same time, when it comes to the end of the day and you're by yourself, if you don't take it to the next level and be really intentional in the way that you connect with people and take it to the next level of, of getting to know 
their actual story instead of their Instagram stories, Mm -hmm. um, then it can leave you feeling even lonelier than before, which is really disheartening. Right. Yeah. No, I always encourage people like, think about how you feel after you've spent a lot of time scrolling through Instagram as great as it can be. And sometimes it's just plain fun. Yep. Um, it also can be a soul sucking situation. Like you turn to it in a moment where you're feeling bored or lonely or frustrated or angry or whatever's going on. You're like turning to that for a distraction, spend a half hour on it. And do you feel better after that? Or do you feel like, oh my gosh, I feel worthless or I've just been comparing myself to all of these other things that aren't even real as you pointed out. So I love that invitation to connect with somebody's real story, not their stories, (laughs) their actual story. And you do that through in-person connections. Um, Who are some of the people in your life who've like real life connections that have influenced your understanding of the feminine genius? Mm, This is a great question. Um, My mom is one of them. Just watching her and reflecting back on her experience of motherhood, especially now that I'm a mom myself and thinking about all these memories. And like, most of it's like, oh, you were right, mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was wrong. Sorry. (laughs) Um, so she's one for sure. A friend that I have here in Kansas City, her name is Kelly. She also wrote a letter in this book. She lives out the feminine genius so beautifully. And she has such a heart for connecting women um, in real life friendships off a of screen, whether that's coordinating small groups or hosting things in her house and just opening up her, her heart mm-hmm. um, to receive other women really beautifully. Yeah. Those, those two come to mind automatically. And yeah. then even thinking back on my, like my family, my grandma and her ability to, to bring our family together has been really beautiful to witness. So yeah, I've been blessed. And that's just the yes. top of my head. I know if I sit here and think with that, question, I can <laughs> there come are up with like, right. 15 more women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I like that you mentioned your family of origin. So, because all of this, I think contributes to your unique perspective that you bring to the Catholic world. So you're, you're the oldest in your family of origin. Yeah. Okay. Oldest of eight. Yep. Okay. So oldest of eight. So there, there are probably still siblings that are at home with your parents. Oh yeah. Yep, you're my, still young. Right. My little sister will be eight this spring. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you're a mom yourself. You yep. have um, your first pregnancy. You, you lost to miscarriage, right? You're yep. a Marian, yep. I think, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have your baby Maeve and yep. now you're expecting again in just a few weeks, but actually you probably, this baby will have entered the world yes. maybe by the time this podcast publishes. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, but experiencing that miscarriage in, you know, early in your married life and, you know, seeing and from your own perspective as a young married woman and you're experiencing your own mom and, um, you know, growing up in a large family and being the oldest, I think you have so many different perspectives that you're able to share. And how do you feel like those different experiences have kind of shaped you into, you know, having this drive to share these different perspectives on Catholic family life? Yeah, I think this is really beautiful because I've been able to witness and experience a huge range of what of marriage and family life. So uh, yeah, like I have big family experience as the oldest of eight and growing up and seeing my siblings um, being homeschooled. So I'm able to connect with women who are in that season, whether it's raising their own families or in that season themselves where they're one of many siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, in our early marriage, we lost we lost Marion. And so I know that what that's like. So that's influenced my ability to 
connect with women about something that I don't think is talked about enough. Sure. Um, after we lost Marion, we experienced a season of infertility. So we know what that's like to want babies and not be able to conceive. And then now in the season of little, little people where like every day seems like a different season because <laughs> they're growing and changing. <laughs> yeah. and like As soon as I hit my groove, I'm, I'm thrown off my groove. <laughs> uh, but just to be able to see the season of mothering little people has been really beautiful. And then, yeah, to go home to visit my parents and see my mom mothering kids who are like just a couple of seasons ahead of my kids Mm -hmm. with young aunts and uncles for me, even this baby. And so it's just been really beautiful because yeah, instead of having this, this one experience that I've had of of life as a Catholic woman has encompassed so much variety of family life. And it's just really beautiful to be able to connect with so many women in different seasons Mm because I've experienced a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that brings a lot of unique perspective to your work. And I I can see the way that it's kind of shaping and forming what you're bringing to the world. It's really a beautiful thing to watch. Um, But what's been your experience? Like uh, there might be somebody who's listening because you talk about, you know, the the importance of having authentic community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there might be somebody who's listening who's like, oh yeah, that's great. But I just don't have that. Like that doesn't exist at my parish. I hear from women all the time that struggle inside of female friendships and maybe they don't have any, you know, and they don't know where to begin. Do you have something to to say to someone who might find themselves in a situation like that? What, what advice might you offer? Yeah. I think there's a lot of seasons of life where it can seem like friendship with women is, is something that's an impossible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're living, like maybe you're a nurse and you're working night shifts and all your friends are up on the completely different side of the clock, or right. maybe you are married to someone who goes through um, deployment and reassignment. And so you never feel like you get to put down roots in a community, or maybe you have a, yeah, like you're living in rural life, rural community, and there's not a lot of women to connect with. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing is to remember that at the heart of an authentic friendship is a friendship that points us back to Christ. So the women in your life who you've, you maybe you've had friendship with in the past in different seasons, or this friendship that you do desire is pointing to a deeper desire of intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. So first to really, excuse me, first to invest in friendship with God to start there and to know that that, that that friendship bears fruit. So maybe that fruit will be friendship with other women. But then also to remember that what you've walked is not something that no one has walked before and that there's saints who have walked this journey to this desire with authentic community and authentic friendship. So really getting to know saints who are women who can journey alongside you. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that we forget that the body of Christ is such a tangible thing as a Catholic and that these women who are cheering for you in heaven want to come in alongside you in friendship. And then a great place to start, especially if friendship face-to-face is something that you're really struggling with right now, mm-hmm. is online communities because they sure. can be an absolutely beautiful way to get to know people. So whether that's Blessed Is She, getting to know their groups online or different different online communities, Instagram, et cetera, that can be really great. But then the last thing, when I have to remind myself of this a lot because as the introverted person who would rather have friendship happen to her than really kind of initiating himself, myself is just to get out of your comfort zone and to remember mm. that the friendship that Christ might be inviting you into may not be the friendship that you that's in your mind, right? It may be with the, that older woman at your parish who you yeah. see at daily mass. Um, it may be with the person at the grocery store who you see when you pick up your order. Um, and so I think just to really, just like the feminine genius is in a box, to not put friendship in a box and have this expectation that you're, it may not live up to. And so you miss the ones that the Lord's inviting you into. Yeah. I think that's such a great piece of advice because I know I've experienced that for sure. Like, you know, you're sitting there praying like, oh Lord, why, why aren't you sending me a friend? And yet you're bumping into this person every day, but they don't 
they don't fit the description of what you're imagining when you're saying, I want a friend, you know? Um, So being open to that, but then also I like what you suggest about like that you might have to go out of your comfort zone and be the initiator. Yeah. Really valuable advice because we can sit around and say like, why is nobody coming up to me and talking to me after mass? Well, why aren't you going up and talking to anybody after mass? Like what? (laughs) what's going on here? Why do you, why are you passively going about this? And sometimes we do, we need that kind of hard challenge. Like if you want this in your life, you need to be committed to sometimes doing something that feels a little uncomfortable um, to get it to happen. But also, I, I also really appreciate the point about that online connections can be authentic connections. You don't, you don't need to dismiss them all, but I always encourage people, like if you make a connection with somebody online, whether it's in a Facebook group or an Instagram community or whatever, take that next step. Like have a phone call with that person. Yes. You know, some people that are really, truly friends of mine that don't live anywhere near me, I have met online, but we have taken it to that next step, whether you are able to meet in person or not, but beyond just, you know, Facebook comments and that sort of thing. Right. I think sometimes it's helpful to think of it in some ways, especially with online, like an online dating, but for friends where it's right. like, okay, <laughs> the people that you pass everyone, you, you got to initiate a conversation. If you want it to go anywhere when it comes to authentic friendship and it, you may seem like you're may, maybe having to be a little bit more aggressive than you would be when you're making friends as kids, because mm-hmm. there's this automatic connection and you're face to face. But when you're online, yeah, take it to a phone call, go have a video chat. Um, I have, a, I have a friend who I connected with online who we just had a coffee date and it was it was like phone call. Um, yep. It's absolutely wonderful. And it just, once you get off that screen, even if it's putting a phone to your ear, instead of typing something, it makes a heck of a difference when it comes it's to It's really friendship. different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, yeah. Like you said, think of it as dating. It might be a little weird, but you know, <laughs> next level commit. It works. You know? <laughs> All that scary stuff, but you don't have to fuss quite so much about what you're going to wear. Or <laughs> Exactly. That, <laughs> we get a little bit of a break there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, a, Chloe, do you have any plans for doing any kind of an initiating of discussion r- with regard to this book? You know, like an online book club or Facebook conversations. I mean, I know you're about to have a baby, so I don't want to be too demanding. <laughs> but say somebody wants to take this book and wants to do something with their group. Are you available for like Zoom calls or do you have anything structured in mind? So I'd love to start a Facebook group for this book just to work through with women when a small group. And you're right, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to pick out where I want to plug in, especially since this baby's due soon but I'm hoping right. for a summer book club. I think that'd be really fun to, mm-hmm. to break it apart. So yeah, TBD what that will look like. But yeah, if yes. you have a small ladies group and you want me to join via Zoom to talk about the feminine genius and dive into that with you, I am so down for that. Those are so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Especially in in my experiences as an author, it's so fun to get to connect with people that have read your book and they want to talk about it. Like that's what it's all about. And you know that, you know, when you put together a book, there's a big lag time between when you put it together, when it comes out. And I always like, like that opportunity where it's coming out and I haven't dealt with the content in a little while. And then I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. We get to have this conversation (laughs) now. This is fun. Exactly. Yeah. There's the opportunity to do that. Well, where can people go Chloe to find out more about your podcast, the book, give us all the URLs and I'll make sure to put them in the show notes. Sure. So the easiest place to find me is my website, which is letters to women podcast.com. And you can find all the information about my book 
book and podcast episodes and things like that on there. You can purchase the book Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in Daily Life, Everyday Life. That can be on Tan, Tan Books website and on Amazon and wherever you get your books. Letters to Women is a podcast where you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. And Instagram is where I hang out much more than any other social media platform. And that where you can find me there at letters to women underscore podcast. Yes. So definitely check out Chloe on Instagram. She's worth the follow. She's she's one of the people that gets the reels thing. Like she does it in a great way. So you're going to so it. fun. <laughs> I am not there. And I, I don't actually think I aspire to be there. So I'm just going to appreciate your efforts. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you do a great job with them. So definitely (laughs) check out Chloe on Instagram. By the time this publishes, maybe if you click over to Instagram, you could see a new little baby. So baby pictures. Yes, exactly. So thank you so much, Chloe. Thanks for writing this book. Thank you for all that you do to share about and inspire us with regard to the feminine genius. I'm so grateful for you and your presence online and We haven't met in real life yet, but it feels like we have. So I appreciate you for that. (laughs) Oh, thanks for hosting me. And thanks for your example of Feminine Genius. I've absolutely loved, yeah, the chance to work with you and get to know you better. Excellent. So much fun. All right, folks, check out those links in the show notes and don't go anywhere. Coming up, we've got some listener feedback for you. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback, sometimes a listener question. If you have a question you'd like me to take up in this part of the show, or maybe a topic that you'd like to suggest for a future episode of Girlfriends, that's why I'm here. This is why I do the podcast. I do it for you. And I want to be able to help you, support you, encourage you in your everyday life. And the best way I can do that is if you let me know what questions you have, what topics you would like to hear more about, what you'd like to learn more about, where you need support and encouragement. You can always send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer, send me a voice memo, connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean, uh, especially on Instagram. I love being able to connect with you there. So follow me there, send me a note there. I'd love to hear from you. But this week, I heard from listener Samantha, who wrote to me, Dear Danielle, Summer is almost here and I love it, but I'm also dreading it. I have four kids running in age from 15 down to six and a half. And every year I wind up just counting down the days until school starts again. I feel like a bad mom because I get so tired of picking up after my kids and nagging them to do stuff. They want to play video games and watch TV and eat snacks all day. And I think they should be outside having fun in the real world. I wind up not wanting to nag them. So they just hang out most days and I feel frustrated. 
This year, I want a better plan before summer begins. Do you have any advice to offer, Samantha? Okay, so everyone can relate to this, I think, Samantha. (laughs) Summertime is hard because it's a switch in schedules, whether you homeschool or send your kids to school. It's a relax in some of our regular routines, and that can be fun. And then it can also, as you very astutely pointed out there, Samantha, can also be challenging. It can also be very hard, especially if you don't have a plan in place for things like chores and a schedule and getting some regular stuff done every day. So, I mean, so I would start there. You say you want to plan going into the summer. I think a great way to plan going into the summer, Samantha, would be for you to set up a schedule. It can look very different from your school year schedule. Maybe the kids are going to get up a little later. Yeah, you've got some older ones there who maybe like to sleep in the morning, but it should involve getting to bed at a certain time, going to um, getting up in the morning at a certain time, getting dressed, prayer times, meal times. Of course, the schedule is going to look different depending on what your family likes and what your habits are and what your work schedule is like or what your husband's work schedule is like. But just having one in place, and it can be loose, of course, and you can switch it around, change it when you need to. But I think beginning there with a regular schedule really helps. And I'm going to really recommend, because you mentioned picking up after your kids, I can so relate to that. I have had summers where I thought, oh, we're going to take a break from all of our regular schedules. But it turned into me just being a maid, running after my kids and picking up their dishes and stuff all day or keeping up their laundry or whatever it is. I would say if you're going to make up a schedule, Samantha, make sure chore time is in there. Maybe two times a day. Have like morning chores, end of the day chores, just so basic stuff like cleaning up toys or doing laundry or cleaning up dishes, cleaning up the kitchen is getting done on a regular basis. It's going to do a lot to preserve your sanity as you have your kids home through the summertime. And then you mentioned TV and video games, and I totally get this. I'm going to encourage you to restrict screen time. You you mentioned feeling kind of guilty, like they should be outside, they should be playing. And, you know, I I grew up in the 80s when my friends and my siblings and I would just ride our bikes around the neighborhood all summer long. And it was fantastic. And I have such great memories of that. But in sometimes I think in thinking back and idealizing it, we don't realize like we live in a different place or we live in a different world. It's different circumstances. Maybe our kids aren't going to have exactly that, but you can begin by restricting screen time. And for me, this is sometimes I think a more painful process for me than anybody else, especially when the kids were little and I just wanted a break. So cut yourself some slack You can be a little more lax about screen time limits during the summertime. But one thing that we've done with great success in the past is we told the kids that, you know, screen time, whether it's you're watching a movie or a television show or playing video games, that it happens when the sun goes down. So in the wintertime around here, um, that can be 3.30 p.m., (laughs) sorry to say. Um, But in the summertime, we've got longer days and they can be outdoors up until like nine o'clock at night. That sort of limits it in a kind of natural way. Maybe you don't want to be quite that strict about it. Maybe you want to allow them to have an hour in the morning or whatever. But I really do recommend having a schedule for that some set limits that aren't going to require you policing it all the time. Like don't say you can have 60 minutes and take them any time during the day. Well, then you have the job of keeping track of everybody's 60 minutes and making sure they don't go over. And they're going to be finding all kinds of ways to kind of fly under the radar when they're they're doing something on a screen. I speak from experience. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think just some basic way that doesn't require a lot of policing or a lot of work on your end can do a lot of good in the kind of summer that you're going to have. And then last Lastly, Samantha, I would just suggest ask your kids what makes summer fun for them. 
make up a list of things they might like to do. Maybe a, a summertime bucket list. I've done this before. I've mentioned it on the podcast before that you can just as a family or one-on-one with each of your kids say, what are some things you'd really like to do? And when I've done this, I've been surprised by how simple their idea of summer fun was like having a fire in the backyard and, you know, making s'mores or cooking dinner over the fire in the backyard or um, a camp out one night or going to visit a certain park or a lake or a trail or a lot of times it was super basic stuff that they really enjoyed. So ask them what those things are. And then you can make up like a master list and not promising you're going to get to every single one. But when things seem like your kids are dragging around, you're feeling the stress of them just kind of looking to you for entertainment or something, maybe then that would be a moment where you would consult the list and say, hey, let's plan one of these things for today. Uh, So I think that's kind of a, a relaxed way to be organized about it. So those are just some of my ideas, but other people might have ideas to share too. If you have a summer survival checklist that you want to share with me or with Samantha or other listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send me a note, Danielle at Danielle Bean. Connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank Chloe Langer for being part of today's show. And I want to thank you for being part of today's show. It is so encouraging to me just the fact that you show up, just the fact that we're able to connect here through the podcast. I love that you're there. I love that you're listening. I love that we are able to share and connect here on the podcast through all of these things that really matter, our faith, our family, and the good work that we women are doing every day. Thank you so much for being part of today's show. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 